welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, the clothed Liam Morgan. He's normally nude. He just likes to kind of walk around with the bush, hanging out. But today he's he's got clothes on, and that's full. Sun- unfortunate, actually, because he's got great great body. Slip slap slop is what um, I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, slip, slap, slip slap slop. Slip slap slop. He's got the he's got the Aussie hat on because he's got the kind of go. You're going for the wraparound. I'm going for the topless vibe. Burning your boobies. Burning the boobs. Having just cycled here, and that was a that was a gnarly little cycle actually because I don't cycle. At all, really. I've got my bike there just for kind of the odd occasion. I'll nip down to the sea for a swim or whatever else. Um, but yeah, th- th- those hills we've got here, those hills, boy, those hills we got here in Devon oh, yeah. are um, challenging. And it's when you haven't done something for a while. Like if I'd just gone for a surf or a swim, I mean, piece of cake. Just paddle, paddle, paddle. Done it so many times. As soon as you do something different, woof. Tricky, tricky, tiring. Yeah, my lungs—I can still feel it. It's like it's—they feel quite—they feel kind of expanded inside, like a sort of, like a nice, like <gasps> like they've just ex- increased by thirty percent, like the size of them, like inside. And that's what cardio does; it expands your lung capacity, and it gets the legs working. Gets the legs working, getting pumping. Mm-hmm. No, I, I used to love a bit of cycling, but I don't do anywhere near as much as I used to. Yeah, too busy training to be a pro surfer. <laughs> <laughs> but I better get in the water. Yeah, I was going to say you got to get you got to get wet for that, haven't you? I haven't had any water time for, well, surf water time, for at least two. I think two weeks, maybe, maybe a two week break. Two weeks, and and it's amazing, isn't it? Because when you think about life in that way, there are people listening to this now. You might be one of them, and it is that maybe you've not been in the sea for like four weeks, but that might be like amazing for you. Like you know, every four weeks, wow. How how blessed am I? But it's incredible how perspective changed. And I I used to go, even when I was living in London, I used to go surfing two or three weekends out of four. Yeah. Um, and I used to work till Thursdays and then get in the van about four o'clock and be down. But there obviously a, there were a lot of weekends where the surf was kind of unsurfable, basically. So today to have that lifestyle where we can or I can sort of go, look, it's good there. Let's see if we can make that happen with clients and with family and whatever is it is an unbelievable blessing but if i go sort of like a week without that it feels like quite a long time and wow check that out i know we've got to check in with ourselves haven't we we've got to you know we are so blessed where we live we we are near the sea and we get waves here it's it's you know so it's just reminding yourself to be grateful for that isn't it it because i was whinging a little bit about it yesterday morning (laughs) it's it's normal it's the surf blues isn't it it's sort of you know, well, get this. We, 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 it was a beautiful day. PST, pre surf tension. Yeah, beautiful day here, and the sun's out. The, uh, our our um, sea churns up quite red clay, doesn't it? When it's rough, so that's why we have, as you've seen from the photo sometimes, this sort of brown town reputation, you know, big brown waves. And when it's still, because that sort of red earth almost like sort of Australian outback red earth isn't being churned up by the waves, it's crystal clear like most other places in the southwest and, you know, where they have white sand and golden sand. And it was glorious yesterday and we're back training the nippers for the Surf Lifesaving Club and it was great, lovely to be on the beach, but I, I'm looking at it going, where's the, where's the wave? And it yeah. feels like two weeks, you haven't had a wave for a long time and, go, I need all the practice I can get. 
Yeah, I know. And, and I was at the Bristol Wave and that's where I got my first bit of practice because we have had a flat spell. And I, uh, again, to anyone listening to this, Bristol Wave is our... Like, He's is at our, the bloody Bristol Wave more it, times. It, it, <laughs> I've, got, I've got shares in the Bristol Wave now. Um, but no, it's, it's our wave park. Yeah. To anyone who hasn't listened to us before when we talk about the Bristol Wave, so if you're listening to this abroad, uh, check it out online. And you can look at the various settings when we and Liam and I discuss the Bristol Wave. Um, and I was doing the expert barrel so it's the sort of, quote-unquote, gnarliest setting that they've got. And I still don't think it's that gnarly. It's a sort of... It was an interesting one. I, got, I think I got, I got the board wrong. Um, I went for the first time in a little while, I went back to shortboard at the Bristol Wave. And you kind of... You really forget that, that when you're in fresh water and you haven't got that salt, that you don't get the flotation. Mm. And I, I had this weird surf. I had, I had the first 30 minutes where I felt pretty good and I'd done a pretty significant warm up and I'd stretched and I hadn't had coffee, which I'll talk about later on. I think that really sort of did something to my mind, which was quite weird and cool at the same time. But I surfed this first 30 minutes um, pretty well for my standard, like for, for me in how I felt that, that listen, let's, let's actually put it to how it really is. I felt good for the first 30 minutes. The second 30 minutes, Talk about a game of two halves, mate. <laughs> it's a game of two halves. I'll surf like a fucking wanker in the second half. <laughs> you bunch of wankers. But no, I, 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 my back was tightening up, possibly because of the drive. It was early. I was getting a little tired. I think I, I, I certainly felt the effects of not having had caffeine. My, my plan for the day was to go to the Bristol Wave and surf the early surf caffeine-free. I just wanted to see that early in the morning what it would do to my mind. And it was very, very interesting. I was calmer than normal. I went in just gentle strokes, really slowly. I wasn't so sort of, I get, I get a little, ang I do actually, not even a little bit. I'd be really honest, I get, really, I get quite anxious at the Bristol Wave. Before I've had that first one, because you are having that thing where people are watching you. You're in a different environment. It's, you're out of your comfort zone. It's the expert barrel. It's, you're on your shortboard. The previous day, I was on my longboard, for goodness sake. So it's a real... But I didn't have any of that. I sort of felt really relaxed. And whoa, just and I struck into my first one, super relaxing. It's probably one of the best first waves that I've ever had. Surfed it fairly well for me. Felt good. And then that second half, I just... I just felt so cloggy. Yeah. As my friend Ollie Pine would put That's it, I that, felt cloggy. I was just having to think out loud while you, you're saying that, that maybe as a sort of mind training for resilience, they could have, you know, let's say 50, 60 people on the side as you're waiting for your first wave, a bit like a tee off at golf or when you're trying to take a, a goal kick as a goalkeeper. But rugby's a bit better because they respect the kicker and they're silent before the kick. But as you're, as you're about to take off on that first wave, as it's turning the wave pool on, you've got this... Ooh, surf wanker! <laughs> and see how well anybody surfs. So good. Can I, can I do another one? Yeah. It's already happening, Lim. Inside my fucking head. <laughs> it, that's the Bristol wave, yeah. isn't it? And my second half... Just a slow clap. My second half, I had my first bad one, or bad labels. I had my first cloggy one, yeah. where I wasn't feeling so great, and my back was a bit stiff, and I sort of landed on my 
corner of my tail pad and my front foot was a bit off and the whole flow was off it was just because the expert barrel is it's pretty quick it's going to go you've got this first slow bit and then it's going to go 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 and if you get your rhythm wrong there pff, gone unless you're on a really floaty board and i wasn't yeah so and uh, inside my head i had that first cloggy one and then another and then sort of and it and inside my head exactly like you said was it oh you're surfing like a wanker will foster like it's like it's inside my head i'm i'm people are watching me i've got mates in the water they're making it even worse my mate ryan if ryan if you're listening love you buddy uh i call him boggy actually just got to quickly mention i call him boggy he calls me boggy because when we were pts together in london we watched 110 percent surf techniques and we giggled profusely when they talked about how you bog the rail bog your rail <laughs> if you don't get your arms and head round for your front side cutback or backside so you bog your rail and since then anyway so boggy if you're listening love to you and he was on the side uh, on the bit that you you can stand on and um, filming <laughs> so it just got it got worse and worse because it really was this and ryan's watching as well with his camera and he's going to get footage i had some horrendous wipeouts i had one where i i got it all wrong timing was off missed my cut back and then i sort of got hung up in the lip and i slapped the water with my face and it was like a like a proper like telling telling me who's boss bristol way's boss that's who um, and, it, and it was one of them ones. He, but, he don't think this is a gnarly barrel, this lad. Yeah. I, I, that's I, my Bristol impression. <laughs> that's, that's the worst Bristol impression you'll ever hear. Oh, brilliant. I, I don't think that's a gnarly that's barrel. Barrel. That's better. That's good. Oh, get, get in, Babs. Get in, Babs. You're going to get in that barrel then, dear. You're going to get in that barrel. Do you know what it was as well? I, I When I look back at the photos, and we've discussed this many times. Oh, yeah. And video. Ego is fascinating. I had a mate message into the group, having already felt a little bit deflated. Let me go back a step. I'd already felt a bit deflated from some of the videos that have been put into our little group. We've got this London surf group. I, I don't know, I no longer live in London, but I've got London surf buddies. So we've got this group, and Ryan's put one in, like laugh emoji with you know with them, um, you know my wipeout, and then I've seen Tiago, my, my mate Tiago again. Tiago, if you're listening, love to you. And etc. And 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 then, so I was just like, you know what? I had a bit of a cloggy surf there, and then I'd miss one of the videos in all the footage because I didn't realise. And this is what's really interesting. I didn't realise that Ryan was round the corner from the beginning. I didn't know he was there. And this is the fascinating thing of surf like no one's watching because I didn't think anyone was watching. Yeah. Because I'd heard that Ryan was maybe going to be there and maybe he was going to film the whole thing. He was to, on the inside bit. You know, the way to the left. So you're looking down the wave at the right-hander. Yeah, yeah. And he was sneakily over to the side filming everything. And I did have some good waves. And Tiago said, oh, mate, have you seen this one? Look at this spray, mate. Well done. And I'd gone from deflated to inflated. Yeah. And it's just a nonsense journey, this ego. I went, oh, look at my pop turn. I got my hand on the water. Whoa, look how much spray. Buh, 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 buh. nonsense all of it and it's all about as we say how it feels to it's you on the day just how it feels it felt good at the start but we've talked about this episode after episode and 
that's why Surfline are kind of coming in and I know sometimes enhancing, but also ruining what, what is a good <laughs> session. Ruining mostly because also you're thinking if anybody hasn't seen, you know, at various breaks, Surfline have got sort of rewind cams that you can go and watch. And, your... and by the way, can I just say it's a startling amount of spots around the world. It's it's, it's it, ridiculous. It is a bit Big Brother, isn't it? It's right? nuts. And dude. we'll set aside the poli- poli- politics of all that, but yeah, you go a you start to have time if you're thinking about it too much you start to have time encroaching on in, in your sessions because you're thinking oh, what time was that <laughs> yeah that's what, it. what time is it hey man you got the time why because <laughs> i want to rewind the surf line surf cam and see if that was as good as i think it is and oh, guess what say. guess what it's not don't uh, waste your time not and i was just going to say can you can you give the listeners the insight so if they don't know yeah what is it dude so surf line the, the surf forecasting guys uh, who who've who've got sort of webcams around the place now do this thing where you can re- rewind essentially your local surf cam and watch uh, what you've been doing in the ocean and the disconnect for me and I'm sure lots of surfers surf who are kind of let's call our, let's call ourselves improvers as we've done over the years um, it, it can be quite deflating now it is great as I've said for years as well from a developmental point of view because it's good to get some constructive footage of yourself but if you're just in your local break having a good time and you get back full of the joy of having had however long you've been in the water which is a magical thing and should be you know it's a pure uh, Mm. unadulterated experience if you then are so desperate to plug into technology to review your in inverted commas performance on that wave it's 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 a tricky mindfuck really about how well you're surfing and how well you think you're surfing, but also for your enjoyment levels, it dials it back down. So you can be up to a ten on uh, when you leave the water, and that interruption of technology, and there's a debate out there for all of our mindful surfer community, that interruption of technology into something that should be so kind of feel rather than look. He's, he's a new one on me. But I, as a human, I'm straight into it sometimes. Mm. And I'm just wondering at what point do you go, no, I'll leave that in my own mind. But then I say the local crew will be certainly finding where you've screwed up <laughs> and sharing it. And they're going, what time was that? What time was that wave <laughs> where Liam really screwed it? <laughs> just to see the wipeout. What's the old boy done there? What's he done there? It, it is that. I think it's... Um... We're in an incredibly unique position as surfers that we're doing something that's so unbelievably pure, like you said. I think it's a great word because it's the ocean, you know. And yes, you're on a board. I know that that impurifies it a bit, and you got rubber on and whatever. But just we just subtract that a little bit. Uh, this is nature. You're just in nature incredibly pure and then we've got modern life coming into the picture and uh this increase in technology and it's it's done one of two things one it's helped surfers analyze their surfing so that they can get more feel good moments yep from surfing the pocket better because let's really break out down what that is you know why does someone want to look at their surfing to analyze it so they can potentially you know bottom turn harder come off the top with more precision and balance and whatever it's because they can then feel and we can feel as surfers a couple of things one the increase in power and torque and it's like whoa it's a 
it's a surge into your body that you're getting a little taste of mm-hmm. into the vortex of of the power of the universe mm-hmm. basically you're getting that extra taste like a it's not just you know it's salted crisp now it's salt and vinegar crisp yeah, it's yeah. just gone a little bit xl yeah. and it's a new feeling all the novelty and also you're getting this thing where technically you're probably going to ride the wave for longer let's actually yeah. say let's say what it is we all want to be on our feet for longer we want to be making that drop and not falling off and so on so there's there's a real thing there where being analytical is obviously really healthy the spillage and let's be honest it's the majority is we all go oh god <laughs> and we can't even look rather than actually go wait a second right that's what you're doing i'll be honest when i when i was at the Bristol Wave the other day and, and the, the, the the photo my worst photos and videos were when i was barrel stancing i put it down to being six foot two <laughs> I'm just going to blame that, which is such a shit excuse because Adam, again, if Adam, if you're listening, Adam, uh, one of my friends was there. He's 6'4", and he was getting down, right down to his board and was fine. So clearly it's me. I was bending at the hips for the barrel and I should have been bent. Should. I could have been, if I was more flexible, more technical, more more balanced, I I could have bent at the knees. Mm -hmm. You have to get into a tiny little ball to get a barrel. Mm-hmm. You've got to be small, 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 small. You bend, interestingly, better than anyone I know at the hips and the knees. Your yeah. knees are bendy and your hips are. So it's one of those one of those work on for me, but I looked at it and it was a real like, oh my days. And one of my photos, I'm trying to I'm aiming for the barrel and I'm basically sort of a <laughs> little bit bent at the knee, but my ass is up and my head is sort of below my ass now that is not a good place for a barrel like, you need your ass <laughs> below your head because <laughs> you're just not going to get barreled because you're just going to get well you're not balanced in that position all these things but it, it, through through a mindful lens i was like look i sort of looked at it and laughed a bit and then i was like right in the living room now i actually did this i looked at it and i was like i know i can do this so i stood up and i just suddenly bent down at the knees back up bent down at the knees back up and grabbed my outside rail and that's was, a real classic was al spraying you with um like a little hose pipe at this time just Co- to correct she she had the gum shield simulate, in. simulate the spray ocean spray oh, so it's, oh i see what you mean <laughs> yeah, you're in the living yeah. room you've got you on your surfboard <laughs> on a bozu ball she was throwing a blanket she was like lobbing a blanket over me while you've i was got a jamie o'brien pov of pipe <laughs> This is actually a really no, good idea, by the way. Nobody's judging you. No one's judging me. And what you know what's really funny with it is although it's silly in some ways, it's also synaptically, my body and brain haven't barrel ridden. I've grown up with English waves. You know, like I've gone on, I've gone, I've been to Bali, been to Hawaii, Australia, France, Portugal, a lot of places for surf, places where it does barrel. Do I stall? properly for barrels then no because by my third week when i'm just starting to i'm off home well that's it and that that's the nature of the reality of what we're dealing with the surface we we have to have at one point uh, uh the the, uh, the ambition to get better and then the second point the acceptance to know that we are going to ultimately have limitations as well 100 percent. And, and as i've I often said i, I kind of want to labor this point there's two points i always like to make about the tech tech as well but setting that aside for a second is that with anything you do in life, you know, as 
people like Matthew Said excellently articulate in his books around like practice, the power of practice and training and that sort of thing. Any, anything you're doing to an extent, you're only as expert as the hours you've had doing that thing. And so with reference to surfing, if it's barrel riding, then it's how many hours of practice have you had stalling for barrels and, and surfing different types of barrels, large and small, in different locations. And it's why Jamie O'Brien would be the world's greatest barrel rider because he's got bar- the world's greatest barrel in his backyard. And it, why, it might be why some of the Brazilian surfers, like Felipe and, 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 and those guys, and Italo, are experts surfing junky waves and making the most out of sloppy conditions because that's the stuff that they've had uh, their 10,000 hours of practice on. So this kind of idea, this is what would be great, as I've often said, as surfing, if surf coaches and people within our industry are looking at it, it's like, not that you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, or you're a kook here and you're an expert surfer there. It's where do you sit on each of those spectrums? So you could be a, a totally advanced barrel rider and you could suck in sloppy small waves. And you could be busting airs off two-foot slop somewhere and you get to a, a kind of a barrel of consequence where the, it's, you know, pretty sh- a shallow reef break and you're shitting yourself, that, mm. you know. And, and that's the difference, isn't it? It's conditioning to, A, the environment that you're in, but also the waves that you'll be surfing. And if you haven't had that practice, there's no way you can do it. And that sort of gets me on a bit on the technology front as well because... I often think this with the tech stuff because it is a, you know, what was it, the John Kabat-Zinn thing where you go, you no place, no title. Is it, John, you know, what, Something it's, like it's that, a version it of, yeah, go on. version of sort of, you, 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 when we talk about mindfulness and meditation, that kind of suspension of your self, if you like, in time and space cr- creates a little bit more of that flow state. And anything that lifts you out of that is an interruption of it. And technology certainly does that thing with like phones and watches and all that sort of thing but without some of that posts uh, to uh, you say will to improve your techniques in this in the surf and therefore get more experience out of it uh, because for years certainly in my generation i've heard other people speak about this british surfers especially who weren't surfing all of the time um without the kind of online coaching youtube videos or in the comfort of your own home, being able to sit and re-watch yourself or whatever it might be, you just can't make the, from a sports improvement perspective, you can't make the sporting gains that you would if you had a great coach. And so it's a real, like anything in life, there's a dark and a light to all of it, isn't there? And there isn't one, it's not all great and neither is it all bad. And, um, but it's it's definitely a work on to pick which sessions you go, I'm going to look at myself now. Or actually, I'm not going to bother. And remarkably, a lot of the best sessions, if I'm honest, that I've had from a feeling perspective are always unaccompanied by video evidence. And that, and that's the reality of it. And I think what it is, if you could sort of uh, have video of all of your surfs. Yeah. So oh, not, not at all. Ha- have video of your best 20 surfs and your worst 20 surfs. I... I believe that the only ones valid to look at are the best. And the reason why is this. You are then at your best. So if, you, if that, that is your best, it's because you felt your best. So if, if you're then feeling your worst on other serves, yes, that's technique based. Of course it is. But it's, it's how you feel too. Yeah. And that's mind. Yeah. And so the mind work is that side. 
the top side of it that where you've had your best 20 ways yeah that's the stuff a coach can look at because they'll say well look this is you at your peak potential but look this is how much better you can be because yeah. this you've, you've just missed that there and you can go okay cool because I felt my best there but I thought that was the best I could do no 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 mm. if you just aimed your board a bit there yeah. that's whereas on those surfs where you weren't feeling good um, it's the feeling that you had in that surf that limited you not your technique because yeah. technique is only something that follows from mind yeah. mind and body do you see what I'm saying yeah. when you're in your absolute like feel amazing you're going to do your best surfing yeah. so what we're going to do with surfers is try and, like you said, get in the flow state. And that's about kind of putting it down to sometimes just potluck. I mean, surfing is just a spontaneous, you know, you, just don't, you can't plan for flow. Yeah. Sometimes it just one turn, suddenly it happens. You know, you might have one great wave and wow, you're just buzzing. Or some of the surfs is the other way. Like you might just keep falling and keep missing it and it goes the other way. So in the, the way, the reason why surfing in so many ways is so alluring is because we don't know yeah we don't actually know if we're going to feel amazing from that surf we might feel and it's not to say that we will feel terrible either i think what's lovely about surfing is even if i've had a really average surf and surf just okay i mean even the bristol wave yeah the other day um that that final half hour i still had a few cool little head dips and you know crazy little wipeout and chatting with mates when we're paddling back and it was i did it's not like i left like you know having got out for, for naught or yeah. <laughs> kept hitting like double yeah. fault after double fault in yeah. tennis or you know think of other sports where you know golf you kept just hitting it into the trees or surfing there's still a little bit of leeway unless you literally just fall off yeah. every single time which can happen well like um, it's it's been i forget now because i was saying a couple of weeks ago it's it, it's just, it's the it's a waste of time yes surfing really but it's the best, it's the waste, best of time. waste of time. Exactly. But the other thing around that, weirdly, is it's none of it is ever a waste of time from the point of view of, well, firstly, the raw enjoyment of being in that space, natural environment. But other time, the, 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 sorry, the follow-on from it is it's never a waste of time because you're learning from every single experience you have in the ocean. Even the ones where you get no waves. You remember that heavy shore break that we were in and you were catching a few <clears throat> and I, I was on a new new board and I just lost my ball on some of them. And I think I spent 40 minutes without a wave. Not ashamed to admit it. But I haven't done that again. And it's it, it, it without that frustrating experience, you can't get into the next level. And so as blissful waste of time as it is, you know, facetiously speaking, it's also never a waste of time because you're progressing with every experience you have in the wave. It is so true. And when you keep just turning up, for surf after surf, for workout after workout, stretch after stretch, all these things. Yeah. There are going to be so many times throughout that journey where it feels like what you're doing has plateaued. Yeah. But it's not. Mm. Because by being on the journey, inevitably at some point there's going to be a spike because your subconscious mind is constantly rewiring itself to just learn how to do something, yeah. learn how to do something, learn how to do something. And you won't know that you can do it until suddenly it happens. And the thing about when it suddenly happens is you won't have got to that suddenly happened moment unless you'd had loads of average surfs. So you have to embrace the suck. It is absolutely essential because if you're not in the suck, well, guess what? You're not progressing. And if you're not in that bit, how do you know what good looks like? There you go. You've got to get your own your version of good. Exactly. I've got to also mention with barrels um, and talking about fear because in Bali, 
when I first went there, waves were obviously fully barreling. And I remember being, being on a wave there called Sri Lanka's. And anyone who's been to Bali might might know the wave, but it's 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 a fun little wave um, uh, opposite the something Mediterranean hotel, I think. Anyway, it's round Nusadua side, and it gets really shallow at low tide, like a lot of spots. And I was in the pocket. I I'd, I'd taken off. I came around the bottom. I was actually surfing on my own that morning, um, which is rare in Bali. And I sort of stalled, and this thing just threw hard. And I was so, I sort of did half a pump and all I could see, and, and, and it, the only place my eyes gazed was down. Yeah. At how shallow the coral looked. And it freaked me and that was it, I was off. And I just chucked my board. If I just stayed calm, I'm sure I would have had a two, three second perler because it was just an open barrel. It, would, it looked like it was just going to stay open. Yeah. It's just a stunning tube. I was deep in the pocket. And the thing with it is, if I could have that now, to myself for six weeks straight maybe put on a helmet because it really was shallow and so you feel a bit safer with yeah. that or whatever I have the right boards and things by the end of the sixth week those fear receptors would feel very different unless obviously yeah. something happened yeah. but if, if, if you just kind of got smashed because you're going to get smashed you've got, I've got a few wipers got a few wipers right and actually you're okay go again go again go again your, your mind would, would change and this is what we call neuroplasticity and it's why your thing, Liam, about the 10,000 hours thing is so important because however many hours it actually is, it doesn't really matter too much. As long as it's been enough hours to change how your brain functions around that activity. And it, it mostly is two things. One, understanding. Yeah. And two, fear. Can you, can, do, do you, does your brain understand how to go into that lip like that? And two, do you have enough basically synaptic kind of memory linked into let's say amygdala which is your fear receptor in your lizard brain and your adrenal glands is all that wiring there okay with this in this exact moment as in has it built up the fear threshold yeah because if it hasn't you are guaranteed to throw your board out the way you will not want yeah. to be in that environment yeah. it's like suddenly being faced with a lion yeah. you're just going to run the other way and so in this point in my life you know i've, I've always had a dream of, of of getting like truly barreled and it's it's still there, but I'm getting slowly as I get older, getting more accepting of. Cool. It, I mean, it doesn't make listen. It won't make any difference to my happiness. It's just a little goal. It's like it's, it's just a little it, thing. It's an experience. It's an experience. Um, but the times that I've been there, and there've been obviously many other times since that wave in Bali, when I've been faced with a with a true barrel, like I'm deep in the bowl, you know, three four feet behind the lip, and you're watching this this proper barrel, and all those other times again since, I've freaked out and. Definitely fear has got the better of me and hand or heart, I would say that that's because of A, my fear, but also B, just experience. And mm. I would love to have an opportunity to just be able to do it over and over. And the place where you could potentially, if you were, if you had the goal, I just want to get shacked and it be guaranteed and work on this is somewhere like the, the South Korean wave park. Because yeah. the British one we have is okay. They don't really crank it up there. Places like South Korea, my word, you can get barrels. It's there. a long ride as well. It's a long ride and whoa. Have you seen that place when it barrels? Yeah. You are going to get shacked. Or Kelly's place. Or Kelly's is another one. But we are not invited because you we, we were rude about his pubes. <laughs> we're definitely not invited. Um, yeah, I wonder if he's bowled downstairs too. I it just, ain't those guys, is it? Yeah. Who? The mindful surfers. <laughs> 
That's how Kelly talks. That's how Kelly... I was just saying, who's this? Are we back on Biola? So, no. Um But yeah, I think I think in surfing, we've got to expedic- have A, have ambition, <laughs> and then B, have acceptance, and try and work out where are we at? Yeah. Where are we at on that journey? Am I being a little too unambitious and letting fear get in the way? Or actually, am I... Do I need to go the other way and go, no, no, this fear is a bit too much for this ambition just now and I need to work on that or whatever. It's a sort of little it's a balance, it's balancing all, act, isn't it? It's all about conditioning. And, and fear is that probably if people are authentic about some of the blockers that they have in any area of their life. Fear is an enormous part, whatever that fear is of. And confronting that, honestly, and, and knowing the sa- safety limits, well, as you're saying, and some things just not for everybody. But once you're honest about that, you can make progress or you can decide whether you're going to make progress as well. But where I'm sure if we're all honest with ourselves and especially as our younger egos are out, out there, we've as surface been is that everybody is, oh, I, I, I wasn't frightened. I wasn't scared. And, and really, that's exactly what you were. I'm talking to my younger self as well. Uh, but it's how do you deal with that? And, and actually, in a way, if you able to confront that in in a in a, in a, especially in a younger self and then condition to deal with those things constructively and you know as, as safely in inverted commas as you can then progress is around the corner and that for some people might be paddling out back on a three-foot day and for others it might be taking on the like one of the world's huge waves or somewhere in between or somewhere in between you know? and you know what my greatest fear in surfing is not necessarily whether I get barreled or don't get barreled or big ways, da-da-da. It is potentially reliving what happened to me about 12 years ago where I was getting changed into my wetsuit and I'm clearly naked under the towel. I'm pulling the wetsuit on in an incredibly busy car park in Cornwall. I fell over with like about three or four families in front of me in this car park as well and I fell over backwards like an upturned turtle with the wetsuit down by my ankles everything flying out just and just and still being trapped on my back because my suit's kind of caught and holy shit look at the micro penis on that lad (laughs) it was a cold day (laughs) it was a cold day can I just say that getting changed into a wetsuit is no fucking joke dude you gotta have a good core, you've got a good, a good, good balance, you've got a good lower back flexibility, hamstrings. Well, I tell you what, what you can have though, however, is you can get a plastic bag, whack it on your foot and shove your foot straight and, through that wetsuit. Take, and I don't, I'm amazed still to this day that I see surfers struggling. Like, do you know, my brother once went, I think it was around that time when I'd fallen over, he was like, why don't you put a, a shopping bag on your foot and then, I was like, what? You can also have a criminal record for indecent exposure. Correct. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I don't want to give them any more um, publicity advertising or uh, than they have already got themselves. But the, the kind of advent of stuff like dry robes, right? Yep. The dry robe. It's a great, it's a simple but great piece of beach surf kit. I mean, every everybody in every car, surf car park or sports touchline around the world is wearing these things now especially in bad weather but in terms of like comfort for getting changed after a cold surf uh that that was a life-changing sort of gift in a way yeah because you don't have to worry so much about it you you head to toe in a essentially a plastic 
dressing gown. <laughs> so true. A it's, pl- it's ridiculous. bathrobe. And, and I think that you think about surf inventions and like the best ones often are those ones that are ob- the most obvious. Yeah. And how did no one think of it? Yeah. Well, they didn't. And dry robe came along and <laughs> if you're unaware of what a dry robe is because you're listening to this uh, abroad, impos- Impossible. It might be impossible now. But just Google dry robe and see what comes up. And, and I'm sure you, well, inevitably you've got your own version because I swear to God. Well, there are loads of versions. Dry out. robe were, uh, were at the core of this and the, the, the cascade effect of yeah. all the other brands doing them is just monumental. But it's just a big coat with fluff on the inside. And it's, but it just is, Im- it's like, how did, no, how did no one think of this in the 80s? But it's, it's you know, it's it, all, all, it's, it's become incredible. acceptable. In fact, and again, I sort of reject this a little bit. It's almost become a state because it's pricey as well. It's a sort of vague status symbol as well, isn't it? Which is a bit of a kind of controversial. But people are happy to wear. Well, it's them. It's true. They are. They're, they're almost two hundred quid. Now. They're happy to wear them around ta- around town, and it becomes an acceptable piece of. But why not? It's practical. It's more practical than a coat, right? When it's pissing it down. So why not just put a dry robe on? So true. Um, and, and and just while we're on this, yeah. I'm going to ask you. And dear dry robe, if ever, <laughs> dear dry robe, we love if you. You want to be our first sponsor? And I know we've already ruined our O'Neill chances. My, yeah, yeah, and lost. And lost because yeah. Matt Burles is fed up with our, you know, mafioso mick taking. Um, and O'Neill, I mean, geez. You know, oh, oh but by the way, though, they're going to be disgusted by how much we piss in our suits. Well, but we've given so much up. I have just got the new. Yes. I wore it for the first day yesterday during this sort of um, beach session. The new Psycho One Four Three, which has had a tweak as you because you had it before me, of tech, hasn't it? It's it's a slightly dialed up version. One of the uh, uh, lifeguards down there has got one as well, and um, he was raving about it too. And it is a brilliant, brilliant wetsuit. This is, you know, what we've always said: we'll plug stuff for free if it's really good, and it's an expensive bit of kit. But my God, is it worth the money? It's great. I'll never forget talking to a good friend of mine called Masha, who works in Tiki yeah. in North Devon. Masha sold me that Mick Fanning board, and he was right about it. He's real, Masha's a good, good, good salesman, good guy, very experienced surfer. And I'd bought a Quicksilver suit. This is years ago. And it was horrendous. And then I'd bought an O'Neill. And I was just talking to Masha about it. And he looked at me and went, out of those two brands, who makes wetsuits? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And and O'Neill, and it goes right back, doesn't it? That, well, they, they, they kept this separate. The O'Neill wetsuit thing is still owned by O'Neill. It's a separate to the O'Neill fashion brand. This is it, and that's and actually that ah, that's very good knowledge because I remember we, we we looked at that, didn't we? Yeah. And I think it's it's it's, it's a powerful brand. I think it's stood by what it believes in, it. and and the, and the suits still are for me. Uh, O'Neill wetsuits for surfing. Are the, are, the, are, the, are the absolute best you, you pay top dollar but you get a lot in return as well <clears throat> I want to just go back to the invention thing because before the show we discussed a little bit of the surf line situation yeah. and an invention now what's happening obviously these cameras all over the world filming surfers surfers want to see footage of themselves being really honest I want to see footage of myself I want to see what it's like what's going on what's that wave like and the other, the other honest bit on that is, is is that, you know, whereas I was going to watch, like, a TV show with my wife the evening of being in Cornwall just recently, and we were going to do that, but I sort of was watching the TV and 
by my lap is my uh, surf line just playing out. And I'm looking at the telly and then looking back down, looking at the telly, looking back. And I, <laughs> I'm not watching the show. I'm trying to watch out for, for whether I'm doing a little cutback or not, which is ridiculous. But anyway, and it took me bloody ages finding it as well. But it's this thing where could there be one day a drone that you book as per the surf spot you're surfing? Let's say you're surfing Illawatu. And on a little station there, they've got these drones that you can rent. You book it all online. You are surfing at this time till this time. And you, I don't know how you'd work it. You'd have to probably get one of those sensors because that's how those drone trackers work. You yeah. put a sensor on your wetsuit. So you go to this place, you put the sensor on, you book the time, and then the drone goes out. And So rather than have to buy a two, three grand drone that can do that, yeah. just saying, look, Anyone listening to that's going, oh, fucking hell, that's a business idea, man. Yeah. Wrap that one up. Slater's got that. Slater's, Slater's already nailed it. He's or, just been listening. Or Rob Machado has. Machado's got you it. You can have the small drone, the medium drone, <laughs> the extra long drone, the Sunday session drone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you want your drone to be? Just real cruisy down the line on a quad, just moving through turns. Yeah. Or do you want it to be like, quapa, quapa? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love Rob Machado. Rob Machado is great. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Dude, that was a hell of an intro. Wow, blimey. Hell of an intro. Oh, we've been a, another little gap, haven't we? While we've been working, yeah, surfing. We have. We're on this kind of roughly once every two weeks show, sometimes three, because we're just busy. And we did get kicked out of the studio. And we got kicked out of the studio. That doesn't help. So we're sort of we're having to find little windows of opportunity for this. But yeah, we're here. Um, segment number two. Uh, the mindful surfer. Just a couple of breaths. Check in with the moment, and raise your awareness. So take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And take a breath in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And just let the air out as slowly as you can. And be really aware of it. Breathe out. Great stuff. Really good work, guys. Um, being mindful and being a surfer can be quite hard at times. But it gets a darn sight easier when you've had coffee. Just saying. Yeah. Bristol Wave the other day, I was, uh, I did okay in the first. I felt okay. That's a better, I keep, keep, Catch yourself. Right, I felt okay in the first surf. Um, five out of ten in in terms of feel. The second surf, yes, it was different. Yes, it was smaller. Yes, it was the intermediate, whatever. But I decided to obviously have a coffee because my experiment felt like it had failed. And I had, a, I had a double espresso and a little bit of banana, just a bit of carbs too, just to kind of like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a full-on workout, the Bristol Wave, because you're just on a merry-go-round over and over and over and over. And I felt about an eight. It just, you know, little lip tags. And you can't do, 
a huge amount on the intermediate. You can sort of, I mean, unless you're really good, um, and I'm pretty average. So I was sort of, you know, winding off the top, getting a little cutback in and lip tags and floaters and stuff. But I felt connected with my board. I felt connected with my body and so on. And that's what we talk about here. It's the feeling. It's a sort of feeling of rhythm and flow and whatever. But I've got to mention a really cool little story. So I felt more on it, felt more mindful, felt more focused. That was, that was definitely the coffee. And after the surf, there was a guy, a South African guy, who came up to myself and Tiago and said, look, guys, really fun to surf with you both. I really enjoy watching you both do turns. And it was, it was a real joy to kind of learn from all these things. And it was, it was really unique to have that because in the surfing world, it's not like that normally. You know, people aren't making, random strangers aren't making comments about your surfing and nice comments too. And normally it's, it's the kind of comments you don't want where someone, you know, get out of the way and fucking kook and whatever. And I think that's what the Bristol wave or wave parks yeah. in general yeah. have done to the surfing world. I believe this more than anything is they've broken down barriers. You know, you, there'll be there'll be there'll be theses and books <laughs> written on this one day. Psychology of wave Psychology parks. Psychology of wave parks because you are, you are guaranteed your twelve waves. It it is a take your turn process. You're removing scarcity, so there's nothing but abundance. And I think that is such an interesting mindset for people to have at the Bristol Wave. As long as you're then feeling good too in your yeah. surf. I mean, obviously that feeling of abundance can fall away, fall by the wayside if you're not doing nothing but fall off. But yeah. If you're generally having a pretty good surf, you sort of feel like you want to then, and I, I'm generally like this anyway, I like to share that good vibe with other people in the ocean or, or, or the wave park, wherever I am. But to have people like that in that environment, yeah. and it send, tends to be that you know people are chatting, we've had they're a being few friendly. Of, we've we, had a few of those where we're fortunate to have surfed with some really lovely yeah. people in those situations, right? It's, it's, it's a nice, I wonder how you compare it Depends where you go to like a to like a golf, for example. How would you compare it like that? Would you compare it like everyone gets a shot at the? You, I suppose you can't compare it in that with that kind of spot. I don't know if there's any other way of removing scarcity mm. in that way. I think I That's think right. skating. So, well, sk I was having a chat this week with a skate skate guy, and um, talking about how it's much more constructively helpful yeah. skating because jeopardy's there as well, isn't it? Concrete sort of people you can't hide the non uh what you you can't hide uh from what you're doing especially in surfing maybe that's why wave parks are the same because you can't hide what you're doing you you you, you everybody's watching your wave um you're in an arena where people are taking turns and skating's a little bit similar i suppose and also because the jeopardy's there of falls and bumps and scrapes and bruises and all that sort of jazz and uh, it allows a little bit more of a community where people are helping each other. So the sort of superstar skaters and the beginners and improver skaters are all helping each other, advice, constructive criticism. I mean, that's set aside some of the skate parks that you see with scooters and skaters kind of in conflict. But generally, I think skating is quite sort of constructive. So hopefully that's starting to sort of bleed in a little bit more to the surf world particularly in those surf park environments where because everybody's looking and watching they're a bit more able to help out a bit like we had with that young kid who was in the advanced session and was struggling at the beginning and then everybody who was surfing in that sort of um, uh, pool 
was helping this kid learn to surf. And, you know, you probably wouldn't get that on a summer beach break somewhere um, because it's too competitive in the lineup potentially. But it's great to see. It really is great to see. Uh, and I think that's why those places are pretty good. Yeah, I just think it's a really unique environment. Yeah. Um, and, in, and having been a sportsman for a long time now, um, ego. Yeah. Being really honest with all the sports I've done over, you know, tennis and rugby and golf and cricket and obviously now surfing, uh, big time being the most and, and a bit of endurance stuff too. It, having really done a cross spectrum of sports, ego is just most apparent. It's mm. right at the top. It sits right up there. And it does in surfing too, but I think the Bristol wave or wave parks in general, the, the soul comes back because you know you're getting wet. Like everyone's going to get a wave. I think it's just a really well, great experiment to human and, human minds. I think it's almost as if <laughs> getting a bit communist with yeah. this because chuck everyone the same salary yeah. in the whole world and all doing the things that they want to do yeah. too. Like, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do this. Yeah. What do you want to do? Well, I want to do this. Yeah. Just literally... I have, want to just make have a, with have wood. A good, have a good time. Yeah. And, and we're going to pay you this. Yeah. Is it what that would do? It's it's a sort of, and it's, of course, it's just con yeah. communism in a, in, a, in, a, in a way, isn't it? But Well, it's it's slightly different. I mean, we won't get into that because communism is still, there's some people at the top who are always, pe some people at the very top of any system. It was still creaming it. I know, I know. Of course. So, oh, oh, yeah. But, but, but in not, a sort of utopia. Geez, if we're getting onto sort of history of communism, yeah, yeah yikes. But but yeah, sort of the best word I can use is yeah, like some sort of utopia. It's more of a money utopia. Yeah, where give it, Well, it's a, but, but it's essentially what you're talking about is giving freedom to pursue the things in life that you love rather than just slaving away for money go. that you've got to earn but you don't really want to do this the thing that you're doing. This is it. And you'd see more and meet more happy humans who would yeah. share that with each other and... But anyway, we're getting on. Dude, we've, whoa. Oh, politics, whoa. Political. Let's not people get political. Be people will be phoning in. They're going to, they, our first sort of proper You get tweet uh, cancelled. Do you remember Watchdog <laughs> with Anne Robinson? We're going to get a complaint. Well, the mindful surfer, I was, they started talking about politics. I was promised it was about surfing. <laughs> <laughs> why or why are Fuck politics is all I can say. Yeah. We should get a t-shirt that just says oh, that. Just Jesus. fuck politics God. on the front. We'd all do better if we just we, stop listening to people who put themselves in charge. That's know, what they're doing. I know, I know. I know. Anyway. Um, what, did, what did Robin Williams say as well? I mean, this is quite relevant oh, to the surf industry. Robin Williams said that sort of politicians should have to wear... Uh, jackets like nascar drivers wear or formula one drivers where they show who's sponsoring them oh yeah you know so boris johnson would have like you know some oil company and a farmer yeah, company there and that yeah. sort of thing oh, that's really because good. that's what happens in sport right so, every party good, should like have to that. have their sponsors on because yeah. in, in that world they're all hidden right you don't know who's pumping the cash in i, I like that a lot but we'll leave it there I think that's good. And hopefully we'll be wearing jackets with like O'Neill, Lost Surfboards. Whole thing. Have the van. The van yep. will just be covered in the, in the in all the stickers and, and Babby lists, pube trimmers. Pube trimmers. And then you'd have to listen to us probably every week because yeah. we'd have to turn up for the sponsors, wouldn't we? It'd be about an hour of sponsors. It just just reel them off, you yeah. know, before you even get to the shows an hour, yeah. Um Mind Body Stokes, segment number three. Just a couple of moments to chat about things that have been raising the the stoke with the mind and body um my one is is nutritional and it's this thing where when you we talked about this many times when you take care of your nutrition your body feels obviously better um 
and your physical performance in what you do on the on the board um, feels better too. But what's really interesting with that is you 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 think you'll have eaten the right way, let's say, for a surf and surfed a certain way. And until you have a backlog of a little change of some kind, you can't have a contrast. You don't have any contrast. So for me, it's it's again been the slightest drop in carbohydrate intake again. So um, we all go through waves. I was sort of getting going through a slightly more calorific wave and feeling a little smidgen bit heavier. Nothing crazy. I thought, right, let's 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 rein this in a little bit, see what happens. This is all just an experiment into how you feel. Pulled that back a little bit, raised the fats and increased the proteins a bit. Slept a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. My next surf was one of the best surfs I've had in ages. And this is before the Bristol Waves. This is, this is a while back now. And you log that. Yep. And it's like, right. And then, this is what I love, it's so humbling, that's not going to last. The body is fascinatingly... Uh, unstatic, ever moving. Mm. The gut bacteria are always changing. Your lifestyle is always shifting. Your stress levels are always changing. Sleep patterns, so on. Circadian rhythm, seasons. Mm. Jeez, it could go on and mm. on and on. So your, your, how in tune you are with uh, your intake of not just carbs, fats, proteins, but, but but where you get those from too. So specifically, you know, either bread or potatoes for carbs, or and so on. That journey is, is, is a remarkable one where you got to have that finger on the pulse. And rather than be a hypochondriac about it and rather than overanalyze it to the point of anxiety, because I think that that can happen to a lot of people, certainly has happened to me, it's still to stay very calm about it. If you have had a, a really below average surf or you, that your body's aching in a certain area or that you're um, feeling a bit moody and grumpy and tired, you're just not sleeping well, whatever, it's rather than throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. it's just make a small just small adjustment it's it's you know we've got this this idea and belief in society that with 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 the way the diet industry is that you've gotta go vegan and you gotta go paleo and you gotta go zero carb and you gotta whoa whoa just slow down a jiffy just slow down because if you make even the smallest adjustment your body will feel that tune into that how'd that make you feel well it made me feel pretty good well there's your clue and now work through the thing that is very unsexy to sell, yeah. which is the fucking journey. And it's yeah. the only place to be. Totally, totally, totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit like uh, progress in the physicality and the um, uh, kind of technical aspect of surfing. If you try to do every single thing that you might want to do at once, it's a barrier to trying in at all so and the same with if if you have to go on this like brand new chain life-changing you know whatever it might be whatever label as you were saying you put on it carnivore vegan whatever it might be if you try and do everything too soon too quickly the the the, even the sort of the, the sort of uh idea of doing it stops you trying the little bits that might make those micro improvements whereas if you just change a little bit here and a little bit there and that's an incremental thing that goes over time and you see how you feel way way better because at first i was thinking oh should you try a carnivore or should you try vegan but you could be simply cutting out just don't eat bread or stop drinking booze every or don't drink it every day or don't drink it you know every other day and those micro adjustments that you make can have you know over compounded period of time make a huge difference eventually 
They do, and, and you're building the habit yeah. of body awareness. And change. And body care and change. Yeah. Absolutely. And those are the most important habits of all for the care of that body and how you yeah. then perform on that, on that surfboard. And it's not to then um, banish and discard diets per se, because they can offer people a kickstart and it can be yeah. for certain characters. They like it. It's very yeah. black and white. Crack on. Go for it. That's great. Now come back to me in 60 days. Yeah. Come back to me in 200 days. Come back to me in 20 years and tell me what happened. That's the bottom line. Because actually, it comes back to this Bruce Lee quote. So I love on diet. It's a great quote by Bruce Lee. Eat today like you will when you're 90. Yeah. Because today, I'm going to eat the best that I think is for my body. And even if that does include just a bit of excess or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to eat today in such a way that I can sustain right the way through my life. Yeah. And to a lot of people, that's a very alien idea. And if it remains an alien alien idea, well, diet is still going to be a tricky territory for you. Yeah. Until you start to go, well, what can I do each day to nourish myself, feel full, have my body respond well to it, sleep deeply, and get up the next day ready for anything? Yeah. It, and that that's a serious that's a journey of diary. It's tuning in. This food did this. This food did that. Mm. So on and so forth. Um, but I think the diets, diet, you know, that, that sudden change of diet, you know, if someone's carrying weight or they're feeling inflamed or what, and they're just fed up, fine. Sometimes pff, I've done it. Yeah. God, I was so fed up with my knee mm. two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I went zero carb the first yeah. time in my life. I've never done it. I did 21 days. I wanted to see, because after I think the sixth day, I was like running again. I hadn't ran yeah. for like a year. I mean, it yeah. was my knee was just fit. So I went, right, I'll yeah. keep it going. So there are times where I think a little intervention is, is, is cool. Yeah. But I think it comes back to that, like, well, Will, how are you eating now? Yeah. How are you feeling now? It's all about how you feel with everything, isn't it? Uh, sport, progress, physical progress, mind progress, uh, diet, dietary progress, whatever it is you're doing. The thing is also is to make it habit, habit forming, uh, and to build it into your lifestyle. Anything that is a kind of program a great point. that hooks you in and needs you to be a consumer of that thing and, a, and an advocate of that thing and there's nothing else. So it's kind of be curious with what you try and willing to start something else or stop it or whatever. But if you build it into, if you bake it into your routine uh, and that can be exercise and it can be food, then, then it's easy then, isn't it? Rather than it being a mind hurdle that says, I've got to be on this diet. Or I am now defined by this diet that this I do. So I'm a vegan or I'm a carnivore. Well, how about we, we're open to change as well? Because you've had a little tweak. Is that yeah, right? I, I, I've gone much lower carb. Than lower I, but, carb, But I mean right. kind of almost those carbs that exist in bread and crisps and that sort of thing. Bread, I used to, you know me, I, I love crisps and I love bread products. And I've really been very disciplined over the last sort of three or four weeks with when exercise. I, yeah, when I turned up the other day, I was yeah. like, whoa, dude, you've yeah. trimmed down suddenly a bit more. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And, and actually, you know, I was talking a few weeks ago about hitting a wall on uh, some of my chin-ups and uh, weights. That's got easier as well. So the carb, the, the bread-free bit increased a little bit of uh, animal protein as well. Um, and the chins are easier. The press-ups are easier. All of that stuff has got way easier. And so it, it, it feels good, whether that's a placebo effect, interestingly, it could be. Um, but in terms of actuals, then the things I'm doing physically as well feel better. And yeah, aesthetically, I'm, I'm never going to be um, Mark Wahlberg, but 
it, it definitely has uh, the whatever inflammatory markers were in there from the bread eating, like, you know, just bloating and that's has completely gone over a sort of two or three week period. It's really good. Yeah, you could see there was a small. Yeah. It was in your face. It's yeah. like, goodness me, something shifted there. Means and I it, can drink more beer, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how. Um, managing your diet is it, it, it's very very rarely really uh, about dialing in your calorie in calorie out yeah. although that can be a, a factor it's about dialing your inflammation levels yeah if you if you eating things that are potentially inflaming you even if you're sitting hitting your markers on on calorie intake you're still not going to feel good yeah and that's going to reflect reflect on your surfing yeah. and how you feel in your clothes and how you walk down the street and how you interact with people and so it's it's about sort of a lot of it, I think, Liam, as well, is is removing what other people think about your changes. Yeah. Because that's one of the biggest factors of why people don't change. You know, they've got business meetings. You know, they've got to save face and have the wine and yeah. all that jazz. Oh, or they've got to, you know, all yeah. this stuff. And you're well aware of all Story that. of my life in some ways. You, you know, know, you kind of, there's a peer pressure exists in every group, isn't there, yeah. of what you're doing and how yeah. you're doing it. Um, and it's just being, I think with all of that, that comes down to everything we do in life is... The sooner you drop the idea, or the the sooner you drop, kind of this kind of concept that you have to do things on behalf of other people, and that it's what other people think. If you can get rid of that, you're on a real path to f- freedom. Whatever that might be, it might be your uh, view on world politics, it might be your view on surfing, it might be your view on culture. But if you can be authentic to yourself with a, a good heart, so it's coming from a good place, there is no wrong. You know, it's just that this is where, and, and especially when it comes to like food, well-being, that only you can do it for you. And it's nothing to do with what other people think you should be doing because it's not their body or their life or whatever. But aren't we good at humans in moralizing Ugh. or the should, somebody else should be doing that? It's nonsense. Yeah. And, and, and I'd be lying if I said I hadn't done it unconsciously. Yeah. Because that's what it is. 100%. Because when I've done it unconsciously, it's like, whoa, well, 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 yeah. well. <laughs> who says who says there's the operative word quote unquote who yeah. says they should be doing x y or z yeah ah my ego my unconscious self yeah and you were aware of it and go right the fuck does it matter yeah. what other people do true Jesus. um good stuff but dude what a show we've what done a, show. a longer one there really really cracked through that yeah and i'm gonna get back on my bike in a second downhill um, all the way to here from here on say again it's downhill all the way indeed um just one quick thing before we wrap up as well. The surf media bit. I was going to suggest, because I haven't really watched that much, but I'm, no, I'm addicted to Bondi surf. Rescue. But, oh, that's a good one, yeah. Um, Make or Break, which is on Apple TV, and it started about the uh, pro surfers, the, the, the WSL. And it's pretty good. First one's about Tyler Wright, and um, you know there's some other stuff in there as well. about. Like, well, it's actually about all the pro surfers, but they focus on Tyler and. It is a good show. It's on Apple TV. Get a free trial. Have a look at it. How, how it's very many sleek. are there? I don't it? know how many episodes are going to be. I've watched the first one last week. Because I base some of my subscriptions on how many I can get yeah. in and then just maybe Blip. go do like leave a month. i a few thought. weeks then. Um, but that sounds really good. Because yeah. it, it, the surf world um, is crying out for those kind of all... Yeah. You know All or Nothing, the series yeah. Yeah. On, on Amazon? That's that's that'll be yeah. a pretty good series. That. that kind of insight. I've not seen it in surf before. But, you know, fly on the wall, behind yeah. the scenes. It's it's good. It's For a surface, we'll be all over yes. it, won't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing how it all works. Yeah. And how it, how it runs behind the scenes yeah. and the mindset that goes into being... A, for, for, for whatever your view on the kind of world tour is, it's a, it's a brilliant insight into it all. Very nice. Okay. Guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye.